great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Yeah, it's a good day for singing a song, and it's a good, good day for moving along. Yeah, it's a good day. How can anything go wrong? Good day from morning till night. Well, good morning, good friend. In the uh, modified words of President Ronald Reagan, well, here we go again. Another go around to the big gig, a three-hour swing and soiree. Cut to two today because it's only Wednesday, 7.09, nine minutes after the hour. Watchdog Morning Show is underway. 57 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 56 at the Highlands, 55 in Elm Grove, and 57 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Going to be a partly sunny day. We'll hit maybe 70 today, and then a little bit of rain tomorrow, but again around 70. Start moving up into the 70s for the weekend. Sunny, uh, mid-70s for most of the weekend. By the beginning of next week, could be pushing, not there, but pushing 80 degrees. So not a bad forecast. Bob, are you having trouble adjusting your temperature at home at night? Because I am. Meaning uh, you're turning your furnace on? I feel, you know, I, I, I turn the, the the fireplace, we have an electric fireplace, turn it on to, like, take the chill off. But then it gets too hot, and then I turn the fan on, and the, I just can't. I'm not using the air conditioning or the cooling system. I'm trying to, but I can't get it adjusted right. I just don't feel comfortable. I have been doing the same thing, looking for mm-hmm. that adjustment, but I've been using the windows and the door yeah. just being open that way, Howard. I haven't turned on any heat yet. And uh, just uh, doing it that way. And some, like yesterday, I think I went back and forth. It was kind of chilly, so I shut it up and then, you know, opened back up again. But, yeah, it's uh, this time next week, it'll be, what, October, right? Absolutely. And let's see, beginning of next week, going to be 78 degrees, close to 80. But, uh, you know, we're we're, we're clearly into fall. It was a beautiful fall-like night last night. Teddy and I sat outside when we got home from uh, country day school and uh, played in the front yard. But it was, a, it was a jacket kind of day, you know, nice day, nice afternoon. Once again, here we are, Howard, talking about how lucky we've been. I mean, there's been a storm off the coast. We didn't see much of that, a little bit of rain, but that was it. Wait, 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 uh, since before I left and through the time I left, the time I left, there have been at least two major storms that could have swept up this way. But they didn't. And they didn't. Yeah, so again, we, we dodged the bullet. Beautiful weather. I mean, we've, we've really had some gorgeous weather starting in the, well, starting in February, going through the spring, <laughs> summer. You know, it got hot a couple of times, but it, we, I th- really think we've, we've been on a really good roll when it comes to the weather, Howard, I, and, and it's continuing as I knock wood. And the problem is going to be that means probably – Bad winter. 16 inches of snow, 22 days in a row. You, know? you might forget where that snow shovel is, but you better find it. You better find it, exactly. The, uh, we didn't use – I don't think we put any salt or that nah, kind of stuff. Swept, I think it, swept it, it a couple times. I, yeah. I used the broom, Howard. Well, who knows? Winter is coming. 7-11, 11 past the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. A couple of things getting into today. Within Council's Development Committee has okayed a plan for a new gaming parlor on National Road in Woodsdale, where the old Spick and Span building is going to be. I have a lot of concerns about that, and I will raise them coming up a little bit later on this morning. We will look at what Ohio Valley citizens had to say at last night's Moundsville meeting on bus service. Rick Healy, Moundsville's manager, comes in to join us. Uh, Alex Mooney and other critics of Jim Justice are now reacting to his financial disclosure report that we talked about in some great length yesterday. Senator Manchin wants to restore the Senate dress code and also talked about his re-election plans, or lack thereof, uh, at an event in Texas. We'll get into that. Wheeling Park Commission says they are, quote, monitoring the way people are responding to their plans for that deer call up in uh, Ogilvy. And maybe today, later today, we could learn more about federal investigations into the head of Roxby Development. So all of that is coming up this morning here. Excuse me. On the Watchdog Morning Show. Of course, it's a short day for uh, me. Uh, I'll be here till 9. The legislative watchdogs will be coming in at 9 o'clock to offer their their insight and perspective on a variety of different things, including the uh, Jim Justice uh, financial report. 7.12 in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Now, uh, pal, we need to be celebrated today. You and I do, my friend, because today is National Morning Show Host Day. That's you, Howard. That's both of us. We are morning show hosts. It's, this is the day we are celebrated. 
Anybody bringing you a cake or donuts? Or well, maybe they'll surprise us. Stuff. Could be you know, a little, a little McMuffin, something, anything. National Morning Show Host Day. The site Ranker.com. It's always fun because they list things all the time. Uh, rank the favorite morning hosts on television. On television, who do you think the the number one most loved morning host on television is? I just I'm going to go with the the, the vision. I I'm going to tell you before flash. you go any further. I'm wrong. You're wrong. But go ahead. Tell me who you think. For some reason, I'm thinking Greg Gumble. Oh no no Brian Brian Gumble Brian Gumble Brian Gumble. Brian Gumble. Uh, the, the first list I hear have here are of current hosts, and then we do have the classic hosts as well. Brian Gumble does not make either one of those. Wow. I would have put. I think we forget about him. I mean, he was an extremely good host. On M- NBC, the Today Show, for many years. And then he went to HBO. I think they're still on HBO, aren't they? With that uh, sport, inside, something sports. Some, yeah, inside sports or something like that. Gumble was, uh, he was a bit of a surprise. Came out of sports and he turned out to be really a good newsman. I mean, a good news interviewer. He could, you know, you a lot of times folks come out of sports and they, you expect them to kind of get all the light interviews. Gumble would do the world leaders kind of stuff. Um, and he, he handled it quite well. He was good at sports, but even better at uh, being a news uh, host. Howard, okay, give me another shot. Uh, Tom Brokaw. Tom Brokaw is also not in the list of the classic hosts. And I'm thinking of the Today Show, so yeah. I'm going to quit then. Um, I, I would more agree with you than with the list here. These are the, Variety did this one. Top morning show hosts ever, ever. Katie Couric, number one. Liked her legs. Did I say that out loud? I think you did, Howard. Uh, can we cut that tape? <laughs> uh, too late. Barbara Walters. All uh, right. I mean, Barbara Walters was very good, and she was iconic. She was a trailblazer. I, you you got to if you're doing greatest of all time, you got to put her there. Uh, and then remember, it's morning host, not necessarily network morning host. Regis Philbin is in the list as well. Yeah, very popular. And then he, man, it seemed like he was on a roll there. Where he was on TV all the time. Everywhere. Who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah, he had all different kinds of things. The, and that was the archive, if you will, or the greatest of all time of contemporary uh, morning show hosts. I said you would never get this because who's going to? Kelly Cass who? is the number one. Most, most, uh, what's the phrase here? Most beloved, I guess. Kelly Cass has the top spot for morning show hosts. She must be on when we're on, Howard, because I don't know who she is. The Weather Channel. The Weather Channel? What kind of idiots are watching the Weather Channel? And, I mean, I watch the Weather Channel if there's a big storm coming or something, but Kelly Cass is their morning host, and she's, she beats out. Number two is Natalie Morales from The Talk on uh, CBS. And then uh, comes Hoda Kotb, who's on the Today Show. Jane Pauley. Now, she's a classic. I like Jane Pauley. Uh, she, does the, she does the... Um, Sunday morning. Sunday morning show, exactly. Jenna Bush Hager, one of the Bush daughters, and Michael Strahan, who I do not like as a host. Kind of seems like a nice guy, but I don't like him as a host. They are the number one talk show host or morning show hosts. Uh, according to Ranker.com. You can actually vote on these things if you go to Ranker.com. They've got an up and down arrow key. You can you know, take, take Kelly Cass and hit the down arrow key and <laughs> knock her down or put other people there if you want to. I think more surprising is a name that's not on that list. A uh, lot of names. Well, right. how about Kelly Ripa? I mean, I, I thought everybody loved her. I think uh, when I read it in the Enquirer, Howard, you know I can't go without the Enquirer. Uh, you know, she's a little bit of a biatch. Or what about the original co-host of Regis, Kathy Lee? I think same thing, right? All yeah. phoniness on on the camera, once behind the scenes. She was. I don't know if she still is or not. She and Hoda Kotb did a segment on the Today Show, one hour of the Today Show. I don't know if they still do that or not. You're talking about Kathy Lee Gifford. Kathy Lee Gifford, yeah, right, exactly. Anyway, that's. I think those rankings are a little, little wackadoodle, but... Today, you should celebrate us. You should celebrate Bob and I because today is morning show host day. And we aren't much, but we are morning show hosts. It's our day. It is, it is our day. All right. We're going to talk about the town hall meeting in Moundsville over the bus levy last night. Rick Keeley's going to join us. That's coming up next on the Watchdog Morning Show at 716.
looking to buy or sell a home? For a reliable, experienced agent that has been serving the tri-state area for over 30 years, contact Denise Pavlik, Realtor Salesperson with Paul Associates in the Glendale Marshall County office at 304-281-5250. Ready, set, go get your Toyota today. Check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs. Or come in and test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room, so you can be ready for any adventure. Visit buyatoyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry, offers end April 4th. Toyota, let's go places. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Seasons change and summer's gone. Another year of love I've known oh, fades like a dream. Feel free to depress me now. Rearrange, boy. Make yourself strong. You're not the first to last who's lost everything. 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 I've lost everything. Summer is gone. And this is now just a fall season here. 72020 after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. 57 at the airport, 56 at the Highlands, 55 in Elm Grove, and 57 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Moundsville uh, had a town hall meeting last night with the folks from Overta allowing citizens to offer their thoughts on whether or not there should be a tax levy on the ballot to support full service bus service uh, to Moundsville. Uh, Rick Healy, the city manager of Moundsville, was among those on hand there, and I invited Rick to come in and tell us how things went. So, Rick, A, good morning, and B, how'd things go? Well, A, good morning, Howard, and uh, Bob, good morning. And, uh, boy, if I'd have known it was uh, talk show host day, I would have, uh, you know, had some food delivered up to you guys or something, but I didn't know, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and, and, B, things went well. Uh, it was a uh, it, it was a good meeting. Uh, we, you know, we had, we had decided to have the meeting at the Strand um, to, uh, to allow for some more people, and I'm, I'm glad we did that because we did have a – we did have a nice turnout. We had probably uh, 20 to 25 people that came. Uh, of those 20 to 25, we probably had, I think there was eight people that actually got up and spoke. And, and then we also had a couple other letters that had been emailed in to the mayor uh, that were read aloud as well. Any objections or were most people in support of, uh, of the levy, which would then fund the bus service on a more regular basis? Yeah, overwhelmingly in favor, Howard. Um, the, we, we did have really only one person that that did speak and um, and state that they were against the levy. Uh, their, their biggest, uh, they, they had two big issues uh, speaking out against it. Number one, that uh, they felt that the businesses had struggled uh, so much through COVID and, and so much recently that that they were continuing to struggle and and it was too much money to put on them. And secondly, that. Uh, Reynolds, uh, WV Reynolds, is a stop on this this trial route as well as it would be the permanent route, and of course Glendale does not pay into the levy, uh, nor does WV Hospital. So uh, they felt it was a bit unfair that Reynolds was included in that stop uh, without any type of uh, additional payment towards the levy. You know, Rick, one of my arguments has been for years when I hear those kind of complaints or criticisms or or whatever, it, it, you know, it's not how does it benefit the hospital it's how does it benefit the patients who need to get to the hospital i mean that's oh, absolutely. that's 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 the point it's not it's not well this is good for the hospital you know what wvu medicine uh, reynolds will do just fine with or without the customers that come on bus but the people who need to get there on bus will not do well if they can't get there right and, and not only the the patients and doctor doctor visits but also employees um with you know they're they're 
their employment is increasing um, like amazing right now. And so that gives just another opportunity for somebody to to get gainful employment if they don't have a, uh, a way to get there. They can do that with the bus service. So, yeah, that, that was the only com- the only uh, negative uh, comment we had last night. Everything else was positive. The. Um I, I read the morning Intel story about this. There were it seems like there were two issues that were brought up positively, and, and you mentioned them. One, we tend to think of how does this help customers or how does it help a store by bringing customers there, but as you point out, there is equally as important a function as getting people to their jobs and giving people the chance to go to jobs. I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm doing it from reading the story this morning. I think it was Goodwill. Uh, one of the uh, folks who spoke up said this will open up employment opportunities for more of their, you know, for more people. Yeah, it was. Actually, there were three different speakers, uh, one from Goodwill, one from the uh, DHHR, and one from Division of Rehab Services. All three with the same comments. We have a, a caseload of people that, that the, the barrier to their employment is no transportation. So um, this this would solve that. It, it, it may not solve it completely because there are those problems with employment being you know late in the evening when the bus service isn't running. But but this would this would help immensely to those folks that have that barrier uh, by not having a vehicle. You know, ironically, we um, we had a study done by by Bellamar. Our, our good friends at Bellamar did some work for us off the census and. We discovered that 10%, roughly 10% of the households in Moundsville don't have vehicles. And I found that to be That's pretty amazing, really. 10% do not. Hmm. Okay. 10% do not. So you're talking about uh, roughly 4,000 households. So 400 people, 400 households in Moundsville do not have vehicles. I found that to be amazing. And that, that alone uh his bus service, in my opinion. So if this, uh, if um, the, the the ball is now in the court of counsel in the in the council's court, I think I said yes. that right. <laughs> the ball is now yeah, in the council's correct. court. That, that's to, correct. Yeah, at the October subcommittee meeting, uh, which is the second Tuesday, I believe it's the twelfth, maybe uh, we will be dis- uh, council will be discussing it, and they will uh, decide whether they want to move it to full council to have an ordinance to to have it on the levy. So. Uh, if that happens, uh, it would go to full council for, for votes, of course, two votes for an ordinance. And it would be put on the November general election uh, ballot in 2024. Uh, Oberta would start their trial run um, six months prior to that in May, and they would run that trial run uh, from May to Election Day. Uh, with the hopes, of course, that it would then pass and become permanent. Uh, if it does, that would begin on January, uh, uh, yeah, January first of twenty twenty-five. So the and the trial run would give people a chance prior to the vote to to get a sense of what service would be provided. Right, the trial run that would would be the right now the trial run or the, the permanent run right now that Alberta is supporting stops only at the DM, uh, the DMV and Reynolds. That's it. Um, this trial route would, would run through town. It would run, uh, it would stop at the Walmart Plaza, the, the, the busy Beaver Plaza. It would go to the DMV, the, um, Kroger Plaza, and then make a loop through town, um, out, out 7th Street, um, out to Poplar, 1st Street, and down Jefferson Avenue. So, that's the trial route that would run those six months prior, and that's the route that would be implemented with with minor changes if we believe that there are areas that we're not covering with that. So the trial run is is kind of providing I would I would use the loosely the phrase social services the DMV, uh, WV Medicine and so on. The the permanent run would add more of the retail uh, would be more helpful to the retail businesses. Yes, more more it it. it the three major retail plazas, and then makes a loop through the residential area in town and the business district. It would go through Jefferson Avenue, or at least at some point, because Jefferson Avenue is such an important part of your retail business. Uh, it would certainly go through there one way or another, right? Absolutely. It would. It would run from uh, the, the proposed route would run from from Jefferson Avenue uh, at First Street all the way down Jefferson down to Twelfth, and, and then go to the Kroger Plaza. So it would catch all of Jefferson. 
And, and it's set up right now where this trial route, people could flag down the, the, the bus driver to stop wherever on, on the route. Um, we would eventually determine with Oberta's help if there are certain spots we want to stop. And I feel for sure we would probably want to have a stop on Jefferson Avenue at some point. I, I would suggest maybe they want to talk to Bob Slider about how to properly flag people down. Because Bob, Bob taking the bus lately, Rick. <laughs> Bob had some trouble flagging, flagging him down up here. So this brings me to a couple questions here. If Reynolds sure. WVU uh, realizes that this is really benefiting them with their workforce, people coming to visit patients, people coming to vi- visit uh, physicians, if if that dawns on them that yes, this is be- is any room for negotiation where they might kick in later? I don't know. I mean, I'm, of course, there's always room for negotiation, I guess. I, I don't know how that would work because, you know, this is funded, federally funded uh, fees for riders and, and levy. That's that's the three ways that Alberta funds their, their traffic. So, well, well the uh, other one is, uh, are they, are they going to make stops in Benwood and McMechan? And if they are, why aren't they kicking in a little bit? Well, they are. Benwood and McMechan both have levies. And they already so have they, levies, they, yeah. Yeah, they already have those. There you go. You answered my question. Thank you. And, and Bob, your question was right on target with one of our listeners off the Frio Stack Auction Service text line. Ask Rick if this will be an extension of the Benwood-McMechan line. I don't know if it's an extension, but probably it would just be the logical follow-through. Yeah, it it is an extension. That that route actually starts at A&B Kia in Benwood and and runs down through Benwood with its stops McMechan and would continue then down. So it, it would be a continuation of that route, yes. Assuming council puts it on the ballot, assuming that it goes to the voters and it is approved, and it will require a 60% approval, levies require 60% approval, assuming that all happens, in my mind, and I people may disagree with me, the cost per citizen, per homeowner basically, is relatively small compared to the value that this community will get. Uh, I think I saw in the story this morning that if you have a home at $75,000 of assessed value, it'll be an additional $13 a year. Now, I understand for some people $13 is $13. I don't want to suggest that, you know, that's but but if if you've got a, you know, $150,000 assessed home and you've got uh, $20 additional taxes, isn't that worth it to improve your community? That's my argument. Yeah, I, and when we got the rates, we, we didn't have these rates until right right at before the meeting last night due to some uh, some some incomplete numbers that we weren't able to provide to the assessor. But we appreciated um, Assessor Buzzard coming to our meeting and bringing this, this sheet. And you're right on with those numbers that you saw in this story. Uh, $100,000 home, $17.50 for the year. Uh, that, that, that That's a pretty minimal cost. And again, I don't want to downplay the fact, as you said, that Seventeen fifty is seventeen fifty, and everybody's going to have to pay it. But, but a small price to pay to bring that service to the city, uh, that would not only um, assist the residents, but bring people into the city and 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 bring economic development with you know with shoppers et cetera into the city. Yeah, it, it, to me, it's 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 true value for your money. Uh, you know, but, but I believe that public transportation is a vital part of growing communities, and I think that. This is a step in the right direction. Hopefully, it gets passed. Hopefully, hopefully you guys put it on the ballot and then it gets passed. But I, I think that we need even a broader and bigger look at how public transit is operating here in the Upper Ohio Valley. I, a community that doesn't have adequate public transportation, uh, especially one like ours, where we have so many seniors and apparently so many people without vehicles, that was a staggering number to me. Uh, in yeah, it, was, it was to me as well. Yeah, uh, you, you know, you you need the ability of public transportation. Now, yeah, we got Uber, not not a lot. We got Uber, but that can be expensive. Uh, I will say the cab service has improved a lot coming out of Wheeling here, but for many people, hopping on the bus is the way to go. Yep, I agree. And you know, we, we had a couple interesting comments uh, that Overta had. You know, this would would make us eligible then, of course, for for their curb-to-curb service for handicapped residents. Oh. And, you know, that curb-to-curb service takes you from your doorstep to to the doctor's doorstep. And um, it, it's it's $2.60 to do that. Um, 
and they'll go up to a mile and a half off the bus route. So it would basically cover everywhere in Moundsville. Now you have to sign up for that ahead of time, but that, that becomes a, a service that would be available as well. And interestingly enough, they, they interline with uh, Steel Valley Transit uh, at Rayland, and you could technically go from Moundsville to Robinson Township uh, and, and, and back for, for a pretty low cost if right. you wanted to. So, so it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of advantages over and above just the regular old bus service in town uh, that, that, would, that would be available to the residents. Uh, it seems to me, um, j- just from the outside looking in, that Overta has been at, has a much more enlightened approach to things these days. And I, to say that is kind of pejorative about previous management. But it seems to me like they've been much more open to looking at new and different ways of doing things, which I think is a really good thing. Because, again, public transit to me is a very, very valuable uh, uh, part of a growing community. Rick, uh, tell us what happens next. I guess next is your council subcommittee meeting that you talked about in October. Is that what happens next? Right. Second Tuesday in October, uh, this this topic will be on the subcommittee and council will discuss it and determine if they want to send it to full council for a vote. Uh, at that point, then we would, um, if it passes there, the, the council would direct the attorney to direct the city attorney to draft an ordinance. There'll be two readings on the ordinance and um, we would then notify Overta that, yes, we are going to do it. And the preparation then starts for that. Now we've got time. We're talking about a, a year before it would go on the ballot. But um, there's a lot of things that need done between then and now. So uh, in our on our ballot, uh, city ballot in November, in addition to our council seats being up, we would have the, 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 the levy on that ballot. All right. Rick, I appreciate your time this morning. Uh, sounds like it was a reasonably good meeting. Now, these town hall meetings sometimes bring out only one side or another, so there may be some quiet opposition that we didn't hear at the meeting last night, and I suppose they'll be able to send in letters and emails and so on if they have some thoughts on this. And as time goes by, I don't know if there will be another public hearing, but there will be other opportunities as council considers this probably, I assume, for yeah, the citizens to weigh in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we wanted, we made it clear, Howard, that, that we wanted to hear from everybody. This was, this was a, an open meeting to hear from both sides. If you are in favor of it, tell us why. If you're not, tell us why. And that will continue uh, throughout the whole process. Our, obviously, our council meetings are open. The subcommittee meetings are open. Uh, anybody can come. They can write letters, send emails to us. Tell us what they feel. Uh, because it is important to counsel how the, the community feels. This, you know, anytime you levy a new fee on a, on a citizen, you, you have to be sure what you're doing is for the right reason. And, and I think council is cognizant of that. So, yeah, if somebody out there wants to, wants to let us or council know, yeah, call us, stop in, let us know. We're, we're happy to hear it. Rick, I appreciate your time this morning, as always. We'll get you and Sarah back in here together to uh, to join us again maybe in a few weeks and try another one of those mayor and manager meetings uh, here on the radio. In the meantime, thanks for being here today, and we'll talk to you again soon. Not a problem. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity, Howard, as always. Take Good care. luck, Rick. All right. Rick Healy, thanks, the Moundsville City Manager, uh, on the uh, public transit meeting that they had last night uh, at the Strand Theater in Moundsville. 20, 25 people or so were there. It's interesting the way different media sources, though, uh, I, the morning intel today says only one person spoke against it, and so does um, so did Rick. I saw one media source that said uh, there were many objections. Where did that come from? Apparently there was only one, but I, I don't know. 737, 23 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Frio Stack auction service lines are open. If you want to text me, 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600, or you can call us at 304-232-8255. But before you do any of that, sit back and gather information for the morning. We've got news for you right now from the WTRF TV7 Newsroom and Taylor Long. Good Wednesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this September the 27th. The deadline to fund the government is midnight this Saturday. Without a funding plan, the shutdown would happen at 12.01 a.m. on Sunday. If it happens, Social Security checks will still go out, but the people impacted first will be federal employees, active duty military, and federal contractors. Employees deemed essential like air traffic controllers and law enforcement officers would have to report to work. However, their paychecks might be delayed. This looming government shutdown has some local families worried about how they're going to put food on the table.
The Senate voted to begin work on a 45-day temporary spending bill to extend funding to November 17th to avoid a government shutdown. And continuing coverage this morning, one local man was arrested after a multi-state police chase in which the suspect shot at officers. On Friday, police say they found 27-year-old Tyler Carhut of Toronto asleep in his car with a gun on his lap at the 213 rest stop along Route 7. After getting out and talking to police, Carhut allegedly fired three shots and led them on a chase through the tri-state area. He was finally stopped and arrested by McDonald, Pennsylvania police. Carhut had several warrants for his arrest in Jefferson County. He's being held in the Washington County Jail. For more details or to see the dash cam footage, you can visit WTRF.com. And yesterday, U.S. Senators J.D. Vance and Sherrod Brown called to the EPA to study the feasibility of declaring the East Palestine train derailment a public health emergency under CERCLA. If appropriate, the determination would allow the Department of Health and Human Services to provide Medicare coverage to Ohioans impacted by the derailment and resulting chemical exposure to ensure that they have access to long-term medical care that they deserve. That was a look at your headlines. Have a wonderful Wednesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. Oh, there's something so real about living local. And I know without a doubt I'm not alone. And I'm loving living local. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. Said I'm loving living local. WTR. Get 11% off everything now at Menards. Max has more than 1,000 shower doors, bathtubs, and showers to add style and luxury to your life. Save big money on beautiful shower doors that will transform the look of any bathroom. Save today on your entire bathroom update. All Max shower kits are 11% off at Menards. Good through October 1st. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. The coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Listen, do you want to know a secret? Do you promise not to tell? Whoa, 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 whoa. closer. Let me whisper in your ear. Say the words you long to hear I'm in love with you Take me back to the days of my youth and the Beatles And if it's not back to the days of my youth It's at least take me back to Saturday When I saw the Beatles tribute group 1964 At the uh, Capitol Theater 18 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show Yesterday down in Charleston There was a Republican Party fundraiser for Governor Justice, I don't know if they read the financial disclosure report and said, oh, Lord, we better go and get some money for this guy. Uh, what was interesting, though, was as the Republicans rolled into the room to raise money for Governor Justice, the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee was handing out pamphlets with the headline, What is Jim Justice Hiding? We'll talk about that and more in West Virginia politics coming up in the next hour of the show. Right now, let's talk about the weather. Adam Fike is here from the Big 7, WTRF-TV. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Howard. How are you? I'm good. Bob and I were discussing earlier, I'm having a hard time in the evenings trying to figure out exactly how to get the temperature right in my house. 
I, I felt a need at one point last night just to turn the fireplace on, not the heat, but the electric fireplace, just to kind of take the chill off a little bit. And then, then I needed to have the fan on to counteract that. We're just in that we're in that time period right now where I just don't quite know how to get the house right temperature wise. I mean, Howard, I'm a little crazy, and I always run my fan even during the winter. Well, so I do too. I'm so much of a help for inside your house. I mean, I'm always cold, so I always have to make it as I mean, I'm always hot, so I always have to make it as cold as possible. But I mean, normally, I try to stick with the rule of thumb. If it's if the temperatures are over 60 degrees, I just turn it off and I open up the windows. Yeah. If it's under 50, if it's under 60, like 55 to 50, I close the windows and just see what happens. But once it drops below 50s, that's when I start to turn. Like you said, I don't want to necessarily say the heat because it's not even close to winter, but at least, like I'll turn on my heated blanket or something. Right. Again, we, we have a little electric fireplace in the living room. I'll just turn it on for 10 minutes to kind of. Again, it's, I know it's an old person's line. Take the chill off. Just take the chill off. But you, you kind of go along with Mr. Slider's suggestion, which is let the windows do the work for you. It also depends. Like right now, my AC is not working, and I like it 66 to 68 degrees in my apartment. So, like, these are the perfect nights just to have the windows open and pull in some cool air. Yeah. I, see, I'm like you. I, have, I leave the fan on. All the time. In the dead of winter, I have the fan on. I'll wrap myself in extra blankets or whatever to stay cool. But I, something, I need to have that. I don't know what it is. It's probably, it's probably, I'm probably crazy. Uh, but there's something in my psyche that says I need to have the fan. I need to have the, I need to have the, I need to feel the air blowing over me, you know? Honestly, most guys I know, well, at least my friends and older gentlemen that I know are the same way. A box, excuse me, excuse me, Adam, excuse me. Did you did you catch that, Bob? Yeah, I think he called you an old guy. The Howard. older gentleman. Yeah, okay, all right, okay. Go ahead, Adam, go ahead. The older gentleman is listening. My friends are older gentlemen referring to people anywhere 30 to up. I'm not calling you old. Okay. I call myself old. Okay. But everyone that I know who's over the age of 21 and is a guy, let's put it that way, to be more polite to you, Howard. Okay, thank you. Have the fan blowing on them, even if it's negative 20 degrees outside. Yeah, uh, and most people I know, too. Now, Bob, you don't like the, you don't you, you, you think I'm crazy when I say I have the fan on. Well, all I think time. you're crazy, and also I want to hear what's going on out there. I, I want it to be quiet just in case I have to wake oh. up. I can't hear it if that damn fan's blowing, See, Howard. that's actually part of the reason I have the fan on. I like the extra noise. I literally sleep at night. I have... Uh, Amazon personal assistant Alexa plays thunderstorm sounds all night long for me, and then, and then I have the, the that that comes to my left ear, and in my right, right beside me on the right is the fan. See, I think that's like putting your head in the sand, ostrich. You know, I want to know what's going on out there so I can spring out of bed, Howard. I don't want to know what's going on out there. <laughs> I don't think I want to know. Bob, that's why we're in bed so we don't have to hear what's going on. That's outside. exactly right. Fall asleep. Let some let people somebody else is out there worry about what's out there. Adam, let's talk about the forecast. It's gonna be a fairly nice day today, right? Fairly nice day. I mean, I think the morning is giving us some false hope. Like you look outside, most of us seeing some sunshine to start the morning. Unfortunately, we won't stay sunny all day. I expect more so in the way of clouds and sunshine, but I'll definitely take some morning sunshine. I think most of us should remain dry throughout the day today. Just can't roll out a light, straight shower come the afternoon. But 80% of us remain dry throughout the day. Everyone stays dry this morning. Okay. Temperature goes where today? Once again, like the past couple of days, we'll be in that upper 60, low 70 range. Most of us between 68 to 72. Uh, maybe, some, maybe some rain tomorrow, yes? Tomorrow is our best chance for actual rain this week. We've seen some light showers, some drizzle on and off all week. Tomorrow is our best chance, mainly during that, I would say, dinner time and on time frame. Still could see a shower in the morning or early afternoon, but tomorrow is our best chance to actually see moderate showers, maybe an isolated rumble of thunder, dinner to sunset. And the temperatures now, tomorrow, about the same as today, I guess, but then we begin to actually rise to a Fairly, uh, again, warm is a relative term. This would be cold in in June, but uh, a fairly warm, <laughs> fairly warm weekend. We're going to be in the mid to upper seventies, right? Oh yeah, no, for sure. We're gonna tomorrow, not tomorrow. Friday we start that warming trend. We see temperatures back in the seventies. Saturday, mid seventies. Sunday, actually, Sunday and on looks like we'll be in the upper seventies. So it's a good chance next week as well. We'll see every day next week. 
maybe even the following week, they will see temperatures in that mid to upper 70s range. Let's hit, uh, let's hit 80 on Sunday. How about that, Adam? I, I, I would pass. <laughs> and it is going to be a relatively sunny weekend as well. So sunny and, and pleasant for the weekend. I, I like this. I like the sound of that. So that's that's all. That's all good. And you think that the beginning we, the beginning of next week is going to be sunny and high seventies, uh, and then maybe going into the week will stay pleasant as well. So that's uh, that's that's good news. We were speculating earlier. We've been very lucky the entire past year. No snow last year. We had some pretty hot weather this year, but. In the summertime, but really no nothing that falls into the terrible weather category, which makes me wonder, uh, you know, will we pay for it next this coming winter? I'm curious to see what happens. I've I've talked about this before, but I do that. I'm part of the mentoring program at Madison Elementary, and we started back up yesterday. And the first comment out of my students' mouth was, "We're going to have a bad winter this year," and I'm like. Does this kid actually think we're going to have a bad winter, or is he just hopeful? I'm like, what does he know that I don't know? I'm like, how does a fourth grader know that we're going to have a bad winter and I don't? (laughs) We shall see. He has no degree. You've got a degree. He said it's a pattern that happens every few years. That's why we didn't have a bad one last winter. We're going to have an average this one and bad next year. So I'm like, hmm. Sounds like a smart kid. I was just going to say, actually, sounds like he's uh, he's actually got it down pretty good there, Adam. Uh, he could be a meteorologist in the making for sure. Uh, if he's a psychic, I need I need a superpower. <laughs> All right. Well, here's what my psychic ability tells me. It tells me that you and I will talk again tomorrow morning. I believe that. So. <laughs> there we go. Have a great day. Talk to you tomorrow, Adam. Appreciate it. Thank you. 57 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 56 of the Highlands, 55 in Elm Grove, and 57 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Sports to talk about, a gaming parlor being talked about on National Road in Woodsdale. I want to get into that in the next hour. And, hey, we may learn more today about what's going on with Jeffrey Morris and Roxby. Uh, Bill Elenfeld holding a press conference this afternoon on that subject. So I hope I hope so. That's going to be, uh, be interesting to see what we find out about that. Uh, that's all coming up. But coming up next, Mr. Slider has sports for us. It is 7.50, 10 till the hour. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Tune in Mondays at noon for all your local high school sports news. From the number one sports editor in the Ohio Valley, the Seth Stasky Show, sponsored by Gumby's. Only on the Watchdog. Hey, all you Wheeling Central fans, the Fahey Levitt Agency is just like you. They support the Knights, too. They are also proud to live in Wheeling, where they help families like yours with auto, home, business, farm, life, and retirement. Don't drop the ball. Get the professional coaching you need to win at life. Give the Fahey Levitt Agency a call today at 304-242-8840. And go Knights! If you're looking for an affordable hotel with comfortable accommodations and a friendly staff, make sure to book your stay at Sleep In and Suites in Moundsville. It's a non-smoking hotel with an experience that is comfortable and soothing. With no shortage of comfy, floppy pillows on a cozy bed, you're sure to have a great night's sleep. They also offer complimentary breakfast, free Wi-Fi. They have tons of amenities, and they're located in the heart of Moundsville. Book a room now at sleepinmoundsville.com. He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. great song but please we don't want you to go away i mean it's just to sing along but don't don't go away stick with us this morning we've got a, a busy hour coming up in the next hour we're not done with this hour yet 
Uh, then at 9 o'clock, as always, on a Wednesday, it is the Legislative Watchdogs. The gang will be here to talk about some of the politics around West Virginia and across the country. Uh, this afternoon at noon, it is... Um, the mayor show, the mayor and the vice mayor, with the no, t- your wheeling, no two ways about it. Followed by winging it uh, with the girls, and then a total waste of time with Butch Maxwell. And again, I always say I'm not making a pejorative comment there. That's what Butch calls his own show, a total waste of time. But it's not because Butch is really fun and entertaining, and he's a pretty sharp kid. Kid, he might be like a month younger than I am. We were in school together, but uh, but he's a he's really a pretty easy. Pretty smart guy. And I think Butch would be one of the first to tell you, Howard, the raspberries were singing about not going away. How about going all the way going is what they were saying about. all the way. All right, all right. Seven till the hour on the Watchdog Morning Show. It is time for Slider on sports. Yes, it is, Howard. The Philadelphia Phillies defeated the Pittsburgh Pirates 3-2 to two last night in 10 innings. The win clinches a playoff spot for Philadelphia. Brian Reynolds and Henry Davis homered for the Pirates. The Pirates had a scare when starting pitcher Mitch Keller felt pain in his pitching arm in the sixth inning. He stayed in the game, but on the very next pitch, he gave up a home run. So uh, it would be his last outing of the season. So uh, I think everything is okay there with Mitch Keller. Johan Rojas' RBI single off of David Bednar in the 10th inning allowed the Phillies to walk off with the win. Howard, this is going to be tough, but I'm going to give it my best shot here. Go for it, pal. The greatest third baseman who ever fielded a baseball has died, and my hero, Baltimore Oriole Hall of Famer Brooks Robinson. He passed away on Tuesday. He played his whole career in Baltimore, becoming a starter in 1960, retiring in 1977. Mm. He wore the number five, and there's a statue of him outside of Camden Yards. His best season, 1964, he batted 317. He had 28 homers and he knocked in 118 runs. He was named the American League Most Valuable Player. He was also the Most Valuable Player of the 1970 World Series. He won 16 gold gloves and was an all-star 15 times. Brooks Robinson was elected to the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame in 1983, his first year of eligibility. He was 86 years old. Natural causes, I assume? Yes, and uh, he was a hero of mine. my very first baseball uniform had a number five on it. Really? Because of Brooke Robinson. Wow, that's amazing. Slider on Sports Time, 7.55. The uh, Frio Stack Auction Service text line is open if you want to use it, 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. Only a couple of texts coming in uh, early this morning. Uh, first of all, they, uh, Bill and Carol, who, uh, are, who, who brought us some donuts a few weeks ago, uh, and are now uh, traveling Northern Europe with our Uniglobe Ohio Valley travel team. They are in Loch Ness today. If you guys happen to be listening, or I'll text you later, uh, they told me they're in Loch Ness. Get us a picture of Nessie. I wouldn't mind getting a picture of Nessie. So, uh, did they had a big Nessie hunt? Did they not have a big Nessie hunt recently? I th- well, I don't know. I think they've been going back and forth. I think a couple years ago, somebody come out and said, well, that was just us, you know, trying to trying to draw in some tours. Right, right. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what to believe, Howard. This is uh, National Morning Show Host Day, and they're talking about television more than uh, radio. Uh, and we were talking about who are the greatest morning show TV hosts of all time. Uh, Jane Pauley on the text line, 304-214-1600, Frio Stack Auction Service text line. Jane Pauley is uh, one of the suggestions there. I think Bob and I both concurred that that was a uh, – she's one of the – and she still is. I mean, she's still hanging around. She's still um, – it's interesting because she was, as you remember, Bob, she was super young when she first took over the Today Show. And she took over for what, Barbara Walters? Uh, maybe she did, yeah, I guess so. And she was, there was a lot of like, oh, she came from Indianapolis. I think I could be wrong. No real network background. Really, really young. And what is this girl going to do? Went on to become one of the most popular and informative uh, Today Show hosts of all time. At a little station in Indiana, her and David Letterman got their start. And those two were, I don't know if you ever saw the banter between them, however, they were extremely close. And Jane Pauley can't be there without just he cracks her up. I mean, she can't she can't say anything to it. Since we're traveling down memory lane, and you mentioned it. I've been seeing some clips of the old David Letterman show on my Facebook page. Uh, we're talking here about morning show hosts. Next to Johnny Carson, you can't beat Carson. 
David Letterman was a was an absolute tremendous guy. I mean, tremendous host. And he had guests, and he would do bits and stuff. But to me, I watched it because he was so talented, and he made me laugh, Howard. And he had the same ability. Boy, we're jumping all over the field, aren't we? But he had the same ability that Carson had to just make you feel like you were watching a couple of people talking. He could be talking. I saw a clip last night with him talking to Walter Cronkite, all right? Now, Walter Cronkite at that time, at all times, but at that time, is a legend, is a, is a giant of the industry. And yet you just felt like these two were just two old guys sitting around, you know, chewing the fat. Uh, Carson clearly had that. That's what the Carson show was all about. And Letterman did. No offense to any of the people who are currently doing the, the late night talk shows. Nobody comes close to those two. Letterman was not Carson, not Carson's level but was about as close to Carson's level as you could get without being Carson. And I've been watching a lot of his old clips, and, um, man, he was just – he was good. He was funny. He was entertaining. And he made it look so easy. We're always thought thing. Jay Leno just always looked uncomfortable, you know. When did... And the, one, the ones – you know, right now, uh, Jimmy Fallon. Now, Fallon does some funny stuff, but you, te- you, you almost feel like he's working at it. You know what I'm saying? So, anyways, I don't know how I got to, to David Letterman, but, uh, but there we go. All right, coming up next hour, I want to talk about this proposed gaming parlor in uh, Woodsdale. I think it's a bad idea, and I'd like to know exactly how come nobody was given a chance to uh, know about it before the development committee approved it. And I'd like to know why the, uh, the administration feels that even though it is right next to schools and churches and residential neighborhoods uh, and other LVR partners, it's okay to have another one there. I, I, have, I have a lot of problems with this. I'll talk about it coming up next hour on the Watchdog Morning Show where it's 8 o'clock. Man and Bobby Feller, the scooter, the barber, and the duke. They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque, especially Willie, Mickey, and the Duke. AM 1600 WKKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville. From ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. New information this morning on the fate of the U.S. soldier who fled into North Korea from the demilitarized zone in July. At the Foreign Desk, here's ABC's Marcus Moore. North Korea saying that it has decided to expel the American soldier, Travis King, after he, quote, allegedly... Uh, illegally intruded into their country. This was back in July. North Korean state media saying that they have conducted an investigation and that King allegedly had ill feelings over inhumane treatment and racial discrimination within the U.S. Army. No word on when King will be expelled from the country. Inching closer to a government shutdown, the Senate has come up with a short-term spending plan to avoid one, but House Speaker Kevin McCarthy so far rejecting it. The sticking point, says ABC Stephen Portnoy, funding for the war in Ukraine. The bipartisan bill now before the the Senate would stave off a government shutdown through November 17th. But House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he and his caucus oppose the $6 billion of additional Ukraine aid in the Senate stopgap measure. They have enough money to carry them through for the next 45 days in Ukraine. But why does that take precedence over what's happening on the border? Up against the Sunday shutdown deadline, McCarthy now aims to pass spending bills in the House that include provisions the Senate would surely reject. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. A New York judge ruling there is overwhelming evidence that former President Donald Trump and his sons repeatedly committed fraud by inflating the value of Trump assets. The judge saying Trump lives in a, quote, fantasy world where the fraudulent violations resulted in better loan and insurance terms.